Hey Islanders, welcome back to another Forced by the Fireside chat here with Geektopia Island. I'm Kevin. I'm Trevor. I'm Cardwell. Today we're back with another episode of uh, the GP Talk. We're going we're gonna to delve into the second part of our competitive play scene and how you go about it. So it's we covered last week about like the the GP scene, what it's like, what it, what all you do there. Now we're gonna go a little further deep into it, into the meta and like what you do to deal with it, what you what it is, what the decks are that are like running rampant, really. Uh, so for the most part, for those that don't know what the meta is, is essentially a in meta game as per the dictionary term used for card games the act of changing your deck around to counter the majority of decks in a local tournament or like knowing what the meta is is like the number of certain amount of decks that are that are always going to be there yep and what type of decks they are yeah like the meta is just like you know that this in enforce the will at least it's you know that these rulers are going to be there like you just that's you know what they're going to be there in some shape form or fashion whether there's like five cards difference or ten cards difference, that ruler will be there in his in what his deck does. So essentially we're just gonna talk about we're gonna go over like the main rulers that are there and we're not gonna stick too long on each one, but just go over what they do, how they do it, and what you want to do to stop them. Yeah. As best we can. I mean we do a lot of weird things to stop them. I have my own little goofy cards that stop certain rulers, and we're going to go over some of those. But by no means is this, like, the only cards you can use. You just got to find them. Yeah. And really. The meta, as everyone says, they want to break the meta, and there's only very rare occasions where it's so deep into, like, these cards are so powerful that you can't win no matter what. So just keep in mind that you can fight any meta out there and win to your heart's content. Yeah, you you really are able to. Like he said, though, it it is very difficult to fight the meta. I'll give you that. Like it takes some the cards really are strong. Yeah, and it takes some outside thinking. Cards that maybe came in like two sets ago that people forget, you know. Yeah. All right. So first and foremost, we're gonna just I'm just gonna recap what we're going off of and we're only going off of this year's tournaments so we're just doing like the gps for this year 2019 year so the winning rulers for gps so far have been gil uh lucifer chumimi tagris and brunhild and we've had three gills win two lucifers and then one chumimi one tagris one brunhild those are the main like those are the winners so far of the gps so Gil is definitely a card or ruler that's gonna be there. That's just what it is. Yeah, we we I'm pretty sure every podcast we've done so far all us like hating on Gil. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he is really, really frustrating to deal with. And he he's just simply good because he's an eleven eleven barrier. Yeah. Like doesn't matter what else he does. The fact that his ability helps him more is really good but he's an 11 11 barrier yeah barrier being the keyword yeah it, it's really hard for him to be dealt with uh but he has taken down three tournaments by himself so just know that he is a threat to be aware of yeah 
The next up is Lucifer. Lucifer's climbing that ladder pretty quickly. And he's only going to get better with the release of the new cards that are coming out, the new Darkness cards. Um, but Lucifer is... He's starting to make the meta just because he... He's very good at being anti-meta, if that makes sense. But, like, he's good at discarding their cards that they have for the meta. And he's good at disrupting what they're doing. That's his whole goal in life. Yeah, when when you can take apart their hand surgically, it gets really easy by that, that point. Yeah. And since it's darkness, there is a lot of kill, too. So anything that play, you have a chance of dealing with it pretty easily. Yeah, he's got some of the best kill cards in the new frontiers format and then like there's other ones that people forget and some that have that used to be kind of good but now they're a lot better and some that weren't used but they're even better now and we'll go over a couple of those a little bit later on um but lucifer is definitely one of those dudes you need to make sure you check out and watch for and we'll go over a lot more of what they what to do against them in in just a second but lucifer's next and then there's the other ones that can win, so you gotta you gotta keep that in mind when you go to a GP, like the Chimimi, the Tagrises, just the the weird ones, like the one ofs. Yeah. The there's always gonna be a deck that does well. It just it it's the way it is. Because no one's prepared for it, especially on the sideboard. Yeah, they have something that nobody saw, or some people saw it and they just got lucky. I it it boiled it can boil down to that, honestly. Or there's the a couple. Used... Go ahead. Or the card used to be meta, and then they took, uh, and it got destroyed with all the sideboard tech and everything, and then got pushed off to the side. And maybe a month or two later, no one has those sideboard cards, so they just bring the deck back up, and then no one has sideboard board. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just so everyone's aware, the meta will change practically every time a GP happens. But there's a couple that, like, stay near the top. During the time it, of Scheherazade, the meta <laughs> did not change. It was yeah. just Scheherazade. Yeah, yeah you, you played Scheherazade or Bust. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's what it is. That's why everybody loves this for, for New Frontiers right now is because it's so diverse. Like, and I'll explain, and I'll show you what that means when we get to the next little part. Because, I mean, we're, we're actually there, so we'll just delve into it. But... So the rulers by total number in all top eights of this year's GPs. There's 12 Hanzos, 11 Lucifers, 10 Gills, 9 Brunhilds, 6 Kyrix, 6 Tagris, 1 Shayla, 1 Loki, 1 Shamimi, and then there used to be Time Spinning Witch at the very start of this year. And there was also three AUs. Yeah, and AU is another one of the big ones. Um, so that's at least 10 different rulers that just they they're all there this is the most open i've seen the format in a very long time yes which in my opinion makes it some of the most fun you'll play but it's also one of the most difficult things to i guess tech for and then deal with because you may have the tech for a lucifer but that means a curate gets to trounce you because curate is playing aggro Mm-hmm. And you're built to worry. stop control, so it it's just it is what it is. So you got to make sure you have something for everyone, and then make sure you have more for the bigger ones. Yeah, is the best way I look at it. I don't know. What do you do, Cardwell? When you when you when you see something that this this crazy? Uh, yeah, with this wide, 
see, I usually build a deck against one side of the the meta, as in like, so if it's more than half or around half to aggro, then I build a deck against aggro, and my sideboard is always against control. Because, hey, you might lose game one somehow all the time for against control, but your sideboard's going to obliterate it the next two games, you know? And that's usually how I always build decks. Just everything against everything but control, and then sideboard against control. I like that. That's a pretty good little thought process. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It kind of covers all the bases that you can do, especially as a wide format as this. What about you, Trevor? I just build the deck however I want to. Just make it all synergize really well with each other, and then sideboard, I just put bits and pieces of cards that'll work against certain things. Hmm. So you just you just roll the dice and hope it wins, right? So it sounds yeah, like sounds about right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm more of a I need a certain like three or four cards for this kind of deck, and that I'll keep them there. Yeah. Just that's where I'm at. I've always been that way. Like I like my deck the way it needs to be, and you just you have the extra cards there to stop it in the sideboard. So far though, I like card rolls the best because it's just it gives you the better option against the the major part of the format because you're probably going to play against that format and you know you can slightly guess what that's going to be. Yeah, like right now it's leaning towards control. And that is the thing like if it gets to a massive thing where it's just all control and a little bit of aggro then you do the opposite. You build a deck against control and then sideboard aggro. And that's the why I like to do my main one because there's also, you know, tempo, mid-range, aggro. And if you just build against one thing, that feels that feels like that falls under another blanket and then control is in its own evil corporation blanket. <laughs> and that's what you have to fight against. I mean, that you're not wrong. Yeah. Control is its own terrible terrible thing. It's a monster. And there's two kinds of control, whether it's kill control or counter control. Yeah. Uh-huh. And funny enough, the top rulers are all of those. Kill control or counter control. So yeah. we'll, we'll like delve into each one. of the little rulers for a second and we'll delve into what they do and how they work and what what we would do against them. So bear with us, we'll get through them, but this will help you if you if you have any questions or like if you have any like thoughts on a card. This this may help you figure out what you what you could use. So we'll start with Hanzo. He since he's represented the most, he's gonna be there. The the little ninja cat that could. And honestly, he's only there in this format because of his master rune right now. Yeah, pretty much. Like, legitimately, that's why he's there. He's got really good runes otherwise, and he can go get the little Jizo statues, the little one drop dudes that get counters. For yokai festivals and his master room. That's that's his two cards that make him super strong. And plus, he's in the strongest color, wind, because you know uh-huh. counter spells and lorite if need be. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and you'll only you mainly only see the Jizo statues in a Hanzo deck just due to the fact that Hanzo's master room to counter uh, another cha- another rune. It helps prevent your opponent from doing the same thing. You, if they're going to counter yours, then you can just Master Rune counter their stuff, or vice versa, protect yours from their Master Rune. 
that's the reason why why you only mainly see a Hanzo deck with the Jizo statues. Yeah. Like Hanzo's a really good ruler and he's got he's really strong just because he's got all that stuff. But like the best way I think to to fight him, like if the easy way to deal with his rune of master rune is don't play rune deck. Play old rulers. Yeah. But that, that puts you in a whole nother part because you have to deal with the other people of the set. Uh-huh. And the only old ruler that's been able to like hold his own for a good minute the whole time is Gil. I mean, the others sneak in and win every once in a while, but Gil has been the one that's been tried and true to be like, I got this still. Yeah, only because he his whole deck is a rune deck and you can pick whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, and he's got access to Lorite and access to green counter spells. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're still just playing, like, the Hanzo deck, but green. At, but Gil. But, essentially, like, you want to make sure that... Because that, if you don't play Harun deck, his Master Rune doesn't do anything. So that's essentially one of his Divinity cards just wasted. It's gone, yeah. And then if you play uh, a card that's real good against the Hanzo decks, that's, like, against Jizo statue, is Sword of the New Moon. It's t- one black mana, destroy target, one drop. Or if you remove a mystery counter, destroy a four drop. Or two mystery counters. I don't remember. You remove mystery counters to get a four drop. But really, you just pay one black and you kill a one drop. Because all those Jesus statues are one drop. So you're like, cool, I don't care how big it is. I pay one, kill that dude. Pretty good. Pretty good. Or if you have a bounce spell, bounce it to their hand. When it's like, uh, already has the six counters on it, you bounce it. Then they have to get the new six counters back on it. It puts them back quite a bit. And see, oh, yeah. with the sideboard and rulers, that makes it even more strategic as in, like, say, okay, you do fight a ruler with no uh, rune deck. Then you can have one in your sideboard, correct? To fight against yeah. it. Yeah. Well, like, Hanzo decks, like, the fight against a guild deck, they'll have a Chimimi sideboard. Yeah. Just because their master rune's worthless, so let's have a ruler that'll hit you in the face extremely hard. Yeah, that, And that's why they picture Mimi. Agreed. Yeah, it is what it is. But, I mean, it's, it's all part of this new, weird, wonky meta. And that's that's why it's so fun, is because it's not just one deck. Like, the diversity is there. And it's, uh-huh. it's mind-boggling. And that's enough should... on Hanzo, you know. Well, one thing. Uh, for Hanzo, with his Master and for countering, if you do play a rune deck... Don't be a f- don't like try to play around it because it's just it's gonna- they're gonna counter what they don't want you to have exactly. So play around that, like bait them. Oh, I got this card that'll win me the game. What about this other card? Do you want this to hit? Do you want this to land? Kind of you kind of want to force them to counter something, and if you can force them to counter what you want them to counter, you're winning. Because then you can play the card you want to play uh, free, because they don't have the counter up. That that's essentially with any green deck. So yeah, you yeah. you are spot on on that. So like the gills and like anyone that run run a fair spell, you you're gonna have to bait that out. Like uh-huh. just automatically assume that they have one in their hand is the best way to play it. Yeah, honestly. And with Hanzo, you at least you have the ability to know that's what's gonna happen. And you don't have to fear yeah. for it. And you're just like, okay, this is going to happen probably twice. Yeah. And the other thing with Hans you got to watch out for now is table flip in the main board. Oof, yeah. 
because they're not going to replace his master rune, his old one with the new table flip. They're just not because the new master yeah. is just too, or the old one's too good because uh-huh. it's a free counter spell. Like it's, it's too strong to get replaced, oh, yeah. but table flip is a card. And like the best way on table flip to deal with it is just to know that it's there and don't stress over it. Yeah. And make sure to remember the eroded version. Yeah. Because they won't have a version with the text on it eroded, most likely. Yeah. So remember it in your head and know that you can play around it. Like, oh, okay, I'm not going to target you with a single chance spell, so I'm good. I can sandstorm for free. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about it. So you can do that. Just got to remember all your erratas. Yeah, because other than counter spells, there's not a whole lot that can play against that card, like to stop it. Or to do anything against it, but you just got to remember that they have it and know that they have it, or just assume that they have it. So that way you're like, cool. If the table flips, this is my, this is what I do. It's just that's the best way I can think of fighting a table flip, because I can't think of a card off the top of my head that's worth, that's like super good against it. Well, if they go to target your resonator to pretty much kill your resonator. If you have any way of giving it a barrier or a flourishing hope with it, then you pretty much prov- you save your resonator and you'd be good. Yeah, but if they target you, you're kind of just boned. Or they target yeah. chant, you're just like, oh, well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll just take five. Yeah. But the second part is <clears throat> unlikely at most. It's not used as much. Because the only... I believe the only deck that has really good single target like uh, uh, burn spells is really fire for Kyrick, so it's not going to be used much. Yeah. Alright, so the next big hitter is Lucifer. Trevor, what do you do on that old Lucifer boy? Well, uh, Lucifer does a lot of discard so you have to play around that with a lot of kill. So a card that re- uh, returns itself from the graveyard is probably the best, like Disgrace Knight. If they discard it, you're like, cool, I'll pay three, put it back on the field. They kill it. Cool, I'll pay, uh, remove three cards, put it back on the field. I'm eventually going to have a dude, and you're not going to have a hand. Mm-hmm. Other than That's that, you, you kind of want to just outkill them. If you were able to do that, they're going to have a lot of kill. But if you can stop them from having their big cards, then you're going to be good. Yeah, and like like you were saying, Lucifer is all about kill cards and discard. And one of the other ones, if you're playing Darkness against the Lucifer, Power Infusion. I think it's Power Infusion. Is that what it's called? The two Power mana of Immortality. Power of Immortality. I always want to say Power Infusion. I yes, don't know. I don't know why. Sounds like a Power I don't know thing. either. But I always do. But Power of Immortality, that card has quickly become one of my favorite cards of the new set so far. And it's it's quite insane. Because it's one mana return a dude that dies. Yeah. I, okay, like, great. Thanks for wasting your kill spell. Now I got this guy out. Yeah, because that's what Lucifer does. Is it has kill spells to kill your stuff. And you're just like, cool, no. I'm gonna get this dude back. Yeah, and it's and it's a chant rune, so you can use it in your rune deck, and be, you can always have it available, which is what makes it so strong. Mm-hmm. And another way to play against Lucifer 
I mean, it's meta, so we're talking meta, so it's going to be there. But your your boy Lorite, he's just too good. Like that's what he does. Because Lorite can stop an Estima trigger. He can stop Lucifer's coming to play ability. Uh, he can stop the Contract Demon from them from letting Lucifer draw more cards. All three of those cards are in the Lucifer deck, and they're they ran all the time. Yeah. Because they each have their own purpose. Estima and Contract Demon both give them card advantage over you because they lose life and draw cards. Okay, they're great. They don't care if they lose life because they have more cards than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If and you're then, at one life and you still win, that's a win. Doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah. But Lorite can shut down all of those dudes. So as much as we hate on Lorite, the dude is kind of necessary to stop a lot of threats. And he's a really good way to, to slow down slash shut down a Lucifer. It's not guaranteed to stop a Lucifer, so don't, don't just take our word on that, that, Lucifer, that Lorite's the be-all, end-all, because he's definitely not. He is. He will literally win you the game out of everything, <laughs> but don't play him. Especially if you play Gil and you, you, hit, you get double Lorite. I mean, if you're killing somebody with a Lorite, then they, they have messed up badly. Like, let's get real. Hey, Laura, I can carry a whole game. I'm not saying he can't beat down for 40. Like, I get it, but... Well, with his disciples. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying disciples, but him just being like, take one. He's going to take forever to get there. Yeah. Sounds like I'm a build deck just for that. Just pure control. But just Laura. Since it is a... Since it is a... Blizzard uh, deck, how would you deal with their John Darks, Kevin? Since you play John Dark all the time, you love it. Okay, so John Dark is a problem. I kind of forgot that card for a second. I'm sorry, John Dark. <laughs> uh, but, so, easily enough, you play any of the spells that remove cards, that remove dudes. And essentially, a lot of the cards that get rid of John are in, in white. Yeah. Really. So, Brunhild's Blades of Faith, totally just like, if you're playing Brunhild, it's one way to remove that dude. Why but the other card that we love at the channel is flourishing hope yep that card obliterates john darks because it doesn't care because it targets the player and they have to sacrifice two creatures so if they have just one or two john darks you're just like cool sacrifice two dudes goodbye yep and hopefully you can trick in the john dark taking damage first and then you do it yeah like john darks are definitely a card you have to play around because they they are a thing yeah it's a card <laughs> yeah but yeah. um so you just the best way you can do it is just to to put the lethal damage on them however you need to whether it's to, with a table flip or whatever and they're like cool my dude still lives and you're like cool and then you kill the dude that can't live through something with like a kill spell or anything else so then the john dark just dies with it yeah yeah you might lose your dude in the process or you might get a withered dude but you got to throw it off your table. Perfect. Yeah. That's all you need. Because I've been there in the process where you have John Darks and you think you're kind of invulnerable because they're John Darks. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they, they kind of give you that ability. But I've, I've been gotten because I thought I was too, too close to being out of it or too, too far ahead. And they, they don't necessarily do that all the time. The only time that ever really happens is if you miraculously get three in play. 
because then they never die. <laughs> then yeah, until you do flourishing hope <laughs> or burgeoning despair at least. Yeah, yeah. Then they have to be removed or sacrificed. Yeah. I it John Dark's just another dude you're gonna have to play around. It's it's kind of a pain, but it's it's answerable. You're gonna lose some dudes because of wither counters, but hey. If that dude's off your table, dude's off your table. Except if you're in red, and then I think you're screwed, right? Oh, we got some spells. There's a couple. I mean, you can just burn off the other creatures, and then they can't really stop you. Unless you have three John Darks. No, if they have three John Darks, something wrong happened. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You kind of lose in red if they have three John Darks. Yeah. But, I mean, any color kind of loses if they have three John Darks. Which it's it's much easier to do now because of March of the March of the Dead. That card allows three John Darks much quicker. Yeah. Uh huh. Which is terrifying. Real good. But I mean that card can get stopped with a evil elemental uprising, which like everyone runs at least one or two of. Makes sense. Any yeah. any black deck or splash black has that card in the sideboard just because it it's one minute don't don't chase this, remove your graveyard. Yeah. It, it's too strong. Like, it gets rid of all of the, the, the shenanigans that people like to do. Which, one of those rulers that does shenanigans with graveyards, or two of those rulers actually, is Gil and Brunhild. They both are all about the graveyard doing shenanigans. Yep, bringing dudes back or putting stuff in exile. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess, I guess we'll talk about the, uh, the terrible ruler in the room that everybody hates, and that's Gil. Yep. Oh, Gil, buddy. I'm tired of seeing him running around <laughs> doing things. Yep. I understand why he can, because he gets to draw a lot of cards and do a lot of silly shit. But I'm just tired of him. He gets to draw whatever card in his deck he wants when he wants, and that should be limited to something. Yeah, like maybe yeah. once per turn, or I don't know. It is once per oh, turn, that... but if it specified spirit magic, like the rest of the card does... Yeah then that is the most balanced version of that card ever, and I would never complain about it. Or if he didn't have Barrier. Yeah. I mean, that's I the easiest barrier, way. So. That, that's the easiest way to deal with it. Like, but, I mean, so, what Gil was the problem because his backside is an 11-11 Barrier that you remove Elementals and you go get a card and put it in your hand. Doesn't matter what card, just a card. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's no stipulation on it. You're just like, cool, I need this card to win this game. No, I, there's a stipulation. It requires a chain. Oh, okay. Well, there's no stipulation to go get it to, for the card you get. Well, it must be a chant that you have to go get. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. A chant. It's slightly different. I, I might it, don't let them go get a Lorite for free. That's because they get them back from their graveyard. Yeah, I'm not going to go let them get the others. <laughs> Alright, so what we're saying is Lorite is way worse in that deck because his second ability gets to actually trigger. Which is removing spirit magics, you get him back. And Gil's all about his spirit magics. And I don't know why they thought that was a good idea to make <laughs> a specific card for a specific ruler and make <clears throat> that card busted. It blows yeah. my mind. Um, I just think them printing Laura in general was a bad idea. Oh, yeah. So, really, the best way, like, so Gil is a really tricky beast to play against 
it's going to be a hard game regardless. So already know that. Yeah. Like if if. Well, let me let me rephrase that. If your opponent knows how to play Gil, it's going to be a hard game. Uh-huh. If they don't, you will probably win that game super easily in a tournament in a big GP. Because Gil is also one of the hardest decks to play. Oh yeah. Correctly. Because it's got so much stuff you have to pay attention to and remember. I mean, I forgot all the cards about him, like like we just talked about. I totally forgot that he goes and only gets chance, but, but you got, I don't play that color ever. Yeah, you get, like, I don't like and, playing that way. And he's the only deck that playing singletons with is acceptable because he can go search for that one chance. Mm-hmm. That's literally his whole point. Like most of them play a rival of the hero. And only one of them. And then go search it for whenever they want. Super, super powerful. Yep. So just know, like, you'll find out real quick if, if they're a good player or, like, if they just picked up the deck to play because it's the best deck. Because if they're just playing it because it's the best deck, they'll make mistakes pretty quickly or they'll remove yeah. things they shouldn't have removed. Otherwise, they'll they'll play it real smooth and real like you'll see it, and it just looks terrible and it's it's awful to play against. Yeah. And if you're asking, well, how do I beat the deck? Well, if you're playing certain rulers like Hanzo and Lucifer, they always sideboard the other uh, rulers, Tamimi and Lich, because Lich is has at least has Bane, so if it blocks or swings at Gil, it can kill him. Yeah. And then Chimimi is just to pump up your own dudes. Because your mastering is worthless in the deck. Against the deck. So might as well have something that says all my dudes get plus four, plus four. Yeah. And, and hopefully you I just get the there. Best way to be, yeah, I think the best way to beat it is just straight pure aggro. Yeah. Like, you just have to keep, you have to get them on the defense really quickly and try to keep them there. Because they start to... If the more it goes, the better their their chances go because they get more dig time. Yeah, and the fact that if you do full discard their hand, they can basically get everything back that they discarded, especially Lorite, and it just fuels them up for their little combo thing. So that's a little hard. Yeah, if you're able to land an Anubis, keep it there. <laughs> you got it somehow. It's a miracle. Anubis will help you because anytime they do something, that card gets removed from the game. They're going to have a difficult time when all of their gas is removed from the game. Yeah. But it's going to be difficult to get. So, two other cards that help you in a way is one is Evil Elemental Uprising, we talked about. So, it's one black, remove all their graveyard. That, that will help you because A, he can't chase it. So he can't do anything against it, and it gets to remove elementals that by that card, yeah. not by Gil. Yeah, because Gil's main thing is he gets to put things that were removed by him back into the deck to go get something. Yeah. So if they're all removed by something else, he can't touch them. And so you're like, nah, get rid of all those things. Don't use evil elemental uprising against like one elemental of the graveyard or two. Because I would say maybe wait for three, four, because they can still pseudo not chase it uh, by removing one and producing a will. Will abilities do not use the chase, 
So they are able to get around that whole thing, which I yeah. think is stupid. Yeah. But so they can get a free card removed from their graveyard before you can do anything. Yeah. The the only other card that I can like easily think of that can help you fight against Gil, and he's got stipulations, is the three drop Grim. The one that inverts. Because that dude already has his own stipulations to invert. But if you get him inverted, he says cards and graveyards don't have abilities. So all of those little cards like Lorite that get come back, they don't matter. Nice. You can you could stay in your graveyard, you Lorite, where you belong. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it can't happen, but Grim just trying to flip him is going to be difficult because yeah. he's he requires a little bit. Uh, yeah. Mystery counters or Amal. Yeah. Pretty much. You need mystery counters and then judgment. Yeah. And then by the time you're doing all of that, there's just going to be like one mana Lorite. And then <laughs> yeah. you're just like, yay, I killed that Lorite. Yeah, I brought it back from the graveyard. Yeah, thanks. So it's... Yeah, it's not the best, but it can help. It It's just going to be a difficult fight. And the other thing I can tell you against a guild is watch, watch what they do. Make sure... And I'm not saying it because they cheat, but just keep them honest because that deck does a lot of things. Your mind gets it, your mind gets kind of overwhelmed when you're playing that deck or against it. Yeah, especially since it's every turn that they're doing a bunch of stuff like that. Don't be afraid to call a judge. Yeah, make sure that your you and your opponent keep up on which elemental is where. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be a dick about it, but just be like, where is those dudes getting removed? Um, just because they they do that every turn. They remove elementals to make mana or go get things. Yeah, it's just what you got to do, man. I mean, Gil, he's just a he's just a thing you got to deal with. He's gonna be there because he's just strong still. You think? And if they ban Lorite, he would be used less, or he's still that strong. You, he would die instantly, just immediately. That's my vote. Probably pretty close to dead. Yeah. Not, he'd still be played, but he'd be played in like a total of like six. Gotcha. I could see him going to like five or six then. Because the deck is still strong just because the elementals are still really good. Yeah. But Lorite is a lot of that deck. Because uh-huh. it stops what he needs is to stop so he can make it past the certain turn. Yeah. So, of course, if you have Lorite yourself, by all means, that's a huge power against him. Yeah, but then you have the whole Lorite cancel fights and that. Lorite, fair spell, Lorite, fair spell, fair spell. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's you pretty bad. Well, I, I, I'm tired of talking about Gil. Yeah, yeah, well, let's, let's get on to the next. The, the other ones are a lot more fun to talk about, like Brunhild. Yeah. So she's... She's slowly, like, at the start of this new Frontiers, she was, like, way up there. Yeah, she was rocking Homegirl up. was, like, the boss the boss hog. She is slowly starting to get kicked down by the other rulers because they've started figuring out control and tempo against her. And, like, she kind of takes setup time to do things. But she's still got really strong spells. And that's what lets her stay in there. Like, one is a Wrath of God. She gets to just... Pay three mana and kill the board. Yep. And then rebuild like her that. own side through her and spells. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the biggest combo I've seen in Brunhilds lately 
is the one that we showed on our very first Brunhild. City of Minerva. Uh, well, no not, uh, no, not City of Minerva. The one that uh, Air, Valkyrie of Mercy, and Orphica. Oh, yeah. That combo is just too strong in that deck just because you don't care if your dudes die because you just paid three men and you got three dudes back. Or two dudes back and four dudes in play. <laughs> which is kind of insane. Yeah, it really is. And for those that don't know what that is, you just play the Air, Valkyrie, Mercy, get back an Orphica, which Orphica is the two drop that comes into play and bounces a dude. Or blinks a dude out and comes back at the end of the turn. So you blink out your air and then she comes back at the end of the turn and gets you another two drop in play. So you essentially have you paid three mana to get four dudes. Pretty good. Which that's just straight value. Even if Orphica's only like a four four, I I don't care. Yeah. That's still a four four that's free. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Blocker and or wild swinger. Most of the Brunhilds play the uh, one drop mana dork panda and some of them play Zang Zang. And so she bumps them, so there's that. And she can go get them when she dies. Uh -huh. So she she just has a lot of synergy in her deck, so just know know that a lot of her cards go well together. Yeah, in my opinion, you're... she's one of the easiest ones to fight against, honestly. Yeah. But she's still difficult. And if you're wondering why they choose to play the uh, Panda uh, Mana Dork, or will dork uh, over the uh, two, the one drop two two that produces a white guaranteed every turn. It's due to the fact that it's a one four and the other one's a two two. So the two two dies a sandstorm, which literally every every single deck plays. And the one four it requires two spells at most times, or if you're playing against a wind, it requires one. So it's they choose it for the. Uh, Bigger defense. Yeah. Yeah. So to fight against the Brunhild, the best way I can tell you is first and foremost, Graveyard Hate. Like Evil Elemental Uprising is a really good card against it because Brunhild's back a judgment ability brings a dude from the graveyard. And the air Orphica combo is a thing. Yeah. Because it like if you have graveyard hate, air does not get nearly as good as she is. Uh-huh. Um that's Lorites. that's like the simple one. I mean, Lorite's there. Lorite, Lorite's like the number one in all of these. So just know that Lorite's a card. Yep. Regardless of what we're playing, if you're playing green, play Lorite against it. Fair spell is actually really good against her too because she does play a lot of quick cast. Uh, she can she can play some quick cast cards, not like crazy amounts, but a, a decent few. Yeah, um, you gotta be careful about her master rune of removing your dude from the game for one mana. Yeah, but it's easy to either give it barrier, or if you're playing wind, then you have a a, a cancel spell. It's basically yeah. all. That that was yeah, that was where I was going to next is have barrier on some of your dudes because if she's not just if only if she's not only playing that, she also has access to miscalculations and naughty child's chastising, both of which target a dude. Also, spear of the Valkyrie. All three of those target uh -huh. your dude. And I've seen all four of those cards in Brunhild decks in some form or fashion, whether it's one ofs or two ofs or whatever. But so barrier is really good against her if you have like ways to give them barrier or whatever. Constant board wipes. So if mm -hmm. they rebuild, then just board wipe again. You don't care. 
they'll eventually not have dudes. Yep. That's really the best way to fight Brunhilde, to try to board wipe her over and over and over. It's it's kind of a pain, but you can do it. All right, what about uh, Kirik here? All right, so good old Kirik, he's just aggro. It's what he does. So you have to just, like, your mindset in aggro against him is to try to survive the first, like, four to five turns. It, it's going to be rough because they're dropping nine nines on turn one. That is the I, aggro sweating bullets for sure. <laughs> four turns, let's I go. I mean, it's a nine nine on turn one. It's hard to deal with. Yeah. But again, Lorite is a card. It, it totally stuns things. <laughs> and the other thing that Kirik has going for him is the way that his judgment triggers. So when he flips, he gets more counters, and you can use the counters. You can use a, five, a set of five counters to shoot something for five. So essentially, you judgment, put that ability on the stack. If he gets counters, and in response, you shoot what counters are on him yep. off into something else. And then you get 15 more to shoot again. That's a big part of his kit just because it, it's 25 damage that he gets to dish out however he wants. Yeah, it really destroys the mid-range and aggro matchups for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you can deal with the piles that they throw out turn one, um, it'll benefit you great, greatly if you can bounce it back to their hand, give you that extra turn from that nine damage not hitting you in the face, a potential kill spell. With uh, Sword of the New Moon, removing a mystery counter, kill it. Those are probably some of your best options. Also, if you're playing black, one of the cards that we haven't talked about yet, but Trevor actually showed me in Cardwell that we forgot about existed, was Embrace the Darkness. That card murders the, the meta so hard right now. So if you're playing Darkness, uh-huh. look at that card. It is two black... Kill target, is it four and under? Or three, three and under? Less. Three and under. Yeah, so two mana kill target, three and under resonator. That literally mercs every good resonator at the moment, except for the big ones. Yeah. Because there's yeah. not very many four drop resonators that are played that are worth it. There's, there's just not. There's a couple that are cool, but for the most part, they're just a dude. Like, whatever. But the three drop kills air, it kills Lorites, it kills Lorites Disciples, uh, Astimas, Contract Demons, all the little dudes in the white aggro decks, everything in Kyrick deck, yeah. like literally every creature in Kyrick dies to that. Nice. So it's just, it's a good card if you're playing Darkness to check out. Yeah, and the current Lucifer decks and Top 8 have been starting to play it four of. And it's an amazing card. Yeah, yeah. Trevor showed me that, and I was like, "Oh my god, this card is good right now." Uh-huh. Like, it's just—it's one of those sleeper cards that Cardwell talked about at the start that you saw early, and it wasn't used, so you were like, "Whatever, I just skip over it." Yeah. And then like somebody finds out, or like Trevor did, he decided to use it, and was like, "Holy crap, this card's really good." And like when new sets drop and things change. You always want to check old cards. Yeah. Sometimes they get way better. Oh, yeah. And probably the best, uh, one of the, like, of course, two of the best wind spells against Kirk is, of course, Lorite. Well, I'll tell you about that one in a second. And then last days of the Paros Dragonoid. You can remove all the strength counters on him, making Pyle pretty much worthless. 
Oh, mm -hmm. you have how many counters on there? You have zero. She's just a 5-5. Five, five. And then she's easier to deal with because then you can burn her or block her or something. And the reason why Lorite's extremely powerful is if you go second and you're playing a win ruler. If if you're feeling a little ballsy, you can. <laughs> In response to your beginning of the game trigger, Lorite, your gain 10 strength counters. Yeah. You have zero energize. You have a Lorite before the game even begins, and they have nothing. So yeah. if they want to get strength counters, they'll have to play a whole pig, tap it, or uh, un uh, banish it to untap their ruler, and then tap to put 10 on him. That's a huge plus for you. If you can get that off, then that's, like, amazing. I mean, it's a dangerous play, but it could be the game-winning play. You got to take that risk if you want to or not. Um, the other major player that it's, it has its days, and that's AU. She is there. You just you have to know that she's going to be there, and you have to have something to be ready for her. Yeah, and that's the hard part. Because you can't guarantee that she's not going to be there, but she's a combo deck, and she wins in turn three or turn four. Almost consistently. So it's just the ability to just one shot you like that is something that people like in big tournaments because it's it's easy, it's quick, and it's I'm not gonna say mindless, but simple. Even though hers is really kind of convoluted, but yeah. For the most part it's a simple idea. Um and really you just you gotta survive that. Like, if you can survive that somehow, then you win the game. Mm. Honestly. Because she can't do that more than once. When she just goes crazy with her uh, discarding spirits or souls to just do things. You're just like, cool. Somehow if you survive that one turn of her doing that, then you probably have the game. Yeah. It's Un rough. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of cards that let you do that. Uh, Laura, it's really good against her, but it's not the best. Um, one of the cards that I use in black or darkness is Ceaseless Devotion. It is two mana, and it's a quick cast. You choose a creature you control. If damage will be dealt to you this turn, it's dealt to that creature instead. It's not really the best answer, but it's an answer. Oh, yeah. So when they're just like, cool. Swing 20, because most of the time they're going to swing 20, and then they're going to untap and do it again. So, you just let them swing 20 and hit you, because you don't want to waste it yet. And then if they do their other spell, you let them waste that other spell, and then you're like, cool, now this dude takes 20. And if that dude happens to be a John Dark, and you have three dudes, she doesn't take any damage and doesn't die. But... Regardless, you're just like, Ceaseless Devotion, this contract demon, I don't care. Let it die. Because yeah. it's it dying is worth you winning the game. Yeah. Because sure. by that time, she would have wasted all of her souls to try to kill you and her res resuscitating will. So you've gotten rid of at least six cards for your one card or two cards. And, uh, of course, another card, Scarlet's Agony. It's a removed target attacking J slash resonated from the game. Draw a card. That's yeah. that saves you a turn. Uh, you can if you can do it to where 
they swing and be like, okay, I'll take 10 and be like, inters like before damage, I'm going to make it uh, 10 more. Then you can still in response cast it to remove them from combat, and then you don't take the 20 damage they were just about to hit you with. Yeah, That's mainly how you're going to see it. Is they're going to wait until you actually take the, like, like if you're not going to block or whatever before they throw it out there. But it's very hard to do in, like, red and fire. You just kind of have to out-aggro them, basically. Yep. And if you, if you can kill AU constantly over and over and over, you will win. Yeah. If you're if if you're lucky enough and for some reason they you got their ruler is tapped for AU and you got two John Darks, you just run him in there. <laughs> she dies and she ain't ever coming back. And you just won the whole game. Yeah. Any imperishable ruler with a, a John Dark against an imperishable ruler will win you that game. Yeah, because they can still judgment, but they keep the negative counters. And yeah. That's fine. You're not losing at that point. Especially against another, the Highlander deck. Yeah. So another one that's like pretty good against AU is any kind of discard spell. Just because AU is going to try to stack their hand so they can get the kill on that turn. And if you have discard spells, it it's not it's not going to save you, but it's not going to like hurt you. Like Tears of the Fallen, being able to be free and get a card from their hand, awesome, fantastic. Uh -huh. And Glints of Insights are basically the most worthless cards you can ever play against an AU deck. Good luck naming one of forty cards. <laughs> yeah, you're I mean, like, uh, I'm gonna name such and such card. You you can probably name one of the souls. It's gonna be very. That's probably your best bet is to name a soul. Because mm -hmm. most of the time they're going to discard their entire hand until they get at least two to three souls. So you have a decent chance of getting a soul from their hand. But then that's why but you just that's... do Look of Corruption, right? Yep, yeah. I was about to get to that card because that card is insanity. That card's too expensive. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. But Look of Corruption is one black, look at their hand, you discard a four and under. You get to pick... Like, the person that plays the spell gets to pick what card they discard. It's a better thought control. And if you pay two extra, you get to get a five and over. So essentially you can get two cards from their hand. And it's just, it's so good. But most of the time you're going to play it on turn one and just get that four and under dude. Which is almost all of their souls. Mm -hmm. Or a resuscitating will or any of those cards. Well, if you get a resuscitating will out of their hand, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot simpler. But... She's not like a super threat because she's just she usually gets kicked out by somebody or someone, but she is something that you have to make sure you're ready for. Because you might be that one person that kicks her out. Yeah. Are you going to, or are you going to lose to her? That's what you have to decide with your cyborg. Yeah. Or you may be that one person that has to fight her and be like, "Ah, well, I don't have anything for this, and I lose." Uh -huh. Um, the other one that's kind of like a weird. He's, he showed up mostly at the start of the year because he caught people off guard, and it's Tagris, the, the panda, the gym panda. I I wouldn't put a whole lot of value in, like, teching for him, honestly. Well, he's fine. 
he's super fun and you can get around a lot of stuff, but I mean, Lorite totally kind of wrecks him like everything else, but eh, not as bad. Yeah, not as bad, but it still hurts him. Because if they Lorite a Gym Blade Emerald, you're just sad. You're like, oh, well, I don't get taunt at my lands. Well, actually, the uh, top winning deck for the Tigris doesn't use the Gym Blade Emerald, probably for that exact reason. Probably. It's just an 8-8 that does nothing. Yeah. But he he's one of the ones I wanted to mention, but there's not like... He's good, but I don't think he's super... I don't think you need a tech against him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like decently balanced. If you build your deck right, you should be able to do decent against him. Yeah, you should, you should have a pretty good match one and two against him easily. And you'll have some sort of answer in your deck. Yeah. And normally any of the Brunhild sideboard cards you have are probably going to work against him. Because they're both white and they're kind of running the same cards. Mm-hmm. To a degree. That's really the main decks right now. And mostly it's just control is what I've seen. So I would I would say make sure you test a lot against control, but don't not test against aggro. Because you gotta make sure your deck can fight all of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that that is like the big big thing is test, 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 test. As much as possible. And even if you have to print out proxies, because if you can't afford like the top tier decks or whatever just to play against them yeah definitely print them out so you see the card because sometimes when you write them down on things you do like little script or you do like it's super hard to read or you just quick write it so you only like abbreviate what it does and that can mess you up because you're like oh it does this and it actually does this so try to get proxies if you're just going if you're going to play for reels and then get the actual card but test as much as you can for your deck yeah. and if you especially if you want to play some sort of homebrew deck and th- that way yeah even you should play with the deck testing therefore you know what they're thinking mm-hmm. if you have that much time of course yeah if you're able to play the guild deck and learn what it does and then you're like okay i have this mindset and when you play against you like i know what you're going to do yeah i know what you're going to go for i know everything and then you can kind of pick your place. Like, okay, I'm going to bait them into this, or I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. that's and... essentially what we do is set up a gauntlet, which is you just make you make the deck just a top-tier deck. Doesn't matter what it is. You just pick that top-tier deck. You go find one of the top eights somewhere, and you're like, Hanzo, build, go. Because that's usually what you're going to play against is the, the deck online. And you build one of each of them, and then you play them. You just run that deck. You just jam your deck into that as many times as you can to find out how, what it does. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you're preparing for the tournaments, one person has, I don't know, one of our locals, he was wanting to prepare it for so much with Gil because Gil does have a at the end of turn trigger on his front side to mill the top part of his library. He forgot that trigger so many times he decided to put a rubber band on his hand. And any time he was... He forgot his trigger. He told Kevin, hit me with his rubber band on my arm. Just pull back and whack me. Yeah, he, he said, learned, snap, snap my wrist. And I said, I okay. After the third time. Maybe the second time. Yeah, he I learned. said, okay, great. 
I mean, so, whatever it takes to to make sure you get your deck down. But that's really the biggest thing is know what you want to do, know the limits of your deck and how it works, and then just have a have a general idea of what their deck does. Because they're going to play it differently than most everyone else. Because it doesn't matter if it's top tier. Some people play decks differently. It, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And if you can just... If you're able to find someone streaming or events out there to watch people play, that also helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your locals are the best place, too. You go observe, like, potentially your top people playing a match. One of them probably playing one of the top decks. And you can watch and be like... Okay, why are the, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? And be like, oh, okay, well, this is helping them here and so forth, so on. I think we covered about everything on like the meta decks, right? Oh yeah, I, I so yeah, I think we did pretty well. All right, guys, thank you for joining us here today at the Force by the Fireside. I hope that y'all picked up something that you liked from us. I hope you get a better understanding of what the meta looks like right now and like how to deal with it. By by no means are we saying those cards are the only cards you can use because you can find something somewhere. Uh-huh. And if you do, let us know. Totally. We're down for it. Oh, yeah. We love brewy weird cards. Like, me and Carter were all about them. Totally. Trevor laughs at us a lot when we play terrible cards, and he tells oh, us yeah. they're terrible cards. But we're just like, you know what? We do what we want. Well, Thanks. They are, they are extremely bad cards. But they're going <laughs> to work, I swear. Yeah. Uh, and, they, so. and they don't. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Whatever. Don't worry about it. But if you do find something, send us a message about it. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us today here at the the island, and we'll see you all again next time. Bye. Bye.